0: If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer.
1: Hey friends, welcome to Walk It Out Now. My guest today, we're gonna to be talking about parenting, but parenting in ways I never experienced with my first kids. So we had three biological kids and then we adopted seven more and it just opened my world up to special needs parenting. And I remember being in the middle of trying to figure out doctors' visits and being an advocate to my kids. So I'm like thinking, this is a whole new world, and I didn't even know where to go for encouragement. So I am so excited about this book so my guest today is jamie sumner and she's written for the new york times and the washington post among many other publications she's the author of the non-fiction book on motherhood unbound a middle grade novel called roll with it and she has a new book called eat sleep and save the world words of encouragement for the special needs parent so welcome so much jamie thank you so much for having me it's an it's an honor yeah. And I would just love to just start out by telling us about your family and kind of the season that you're in right now.
2: Oh, the season we're in. Well, you know, the season we're in is extra crazy. So, um, <laughs> um, so I, my husband and I are in Nashville. That's where we live and raise our kids. And I, um, am mom to Charlie, who is eight. And Charlie has um, cerebral palsy as well as something called Beckwith-Wiedemann syndrome, which is pretty rare. Um, it's an overgrowth syndrome, which means he it was born larger and more specifically, he was born with an enlarged tongue, mm-hmm. which um, extended his stay in the NICU and and led to um, him coming home with a tracheotomy. and to be able to breathe and a G tube to be able to eat. Um, luckily, he has neither one of those now. Um, but he is in a wheelchair and he uses a speaking device that kind of looks like an iPad um, to speak. Well, uses it when he wants to. Most of the time, he just likes to point and and like use the when he's with me, the mom like shorthand of of you know what I want. So come on, let me come do that. On. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> And, um, so that's Charlie. And then I also have six year old, they just turned six this week. So I have to practice saying that Yeah, six year old twins, Cora and Jonas. So we're busy. We're not as busy as you, but we are, we are busy. Uh, mostly it's, it's a matter in this season of life of keeping people busy because, yeah. um, with Charlie, Charlie, um, was in first grade. Until, you know, summer started abruptly. And um he loves school. He's in a public school. He loves his bus ladies who pick him up. He loves his teacher and also his special ed teacher and his therapist there. And so it was a really hard transition for him to all of a sudden not be there and not see those people. Um And so, and he's heavy. (laughs) He's a, he's a heavy kid. And so, um, lifting him in and out and making sure he gets enough movement during the day is one of the the biggest things that I'm, I'm kind of working through now that we're all home and I want to make sure he stays entertained and he gets to move around. And so we're kind of, we're figuring that out as we go.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think with kids just in general, like, like summer break is always like everyone's excited for it, but now like Officially, summer break is here, but they've been out of school for so long. And even like we homeschool. So you think that we would just be going on as normal, but no, my kids did activities and they, you mm-hmm. know, hung out with friends and all the things. And so it is a, a huge challenge. But I know, I mean, I love you talk about like Charlie loved his school. And I just love how he just made so many connections and these great people in his life. And now you're like, okay, it's all me, <laughs> it's all on mom yes. right now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then you have two others that are just running around and that is a very busy age also.
2: Oh, they're so busy and like trying to teach them about like safe distances and washing hands and not sharing things and It's so, it's like in one ear and out the other. And so you're constantly monitoring. And we live on a cul-de-sac to give you a picture of our house. We live in a suburb. We do too. Like
1: we're at the end of the cul-de-sac. Yeah,
2: It's like like a circus outside all the time. Like there's always something going on and it's so tempting because they want to do all these things. And, and, you know, Charlie was immunocompromised Mm -hmm. for a very long time. So we are very, we err on the conservative side conservative side of like venturing back out and doing things. Right. Um but it's hard when their friends don't, you know? So Yeah. It's a tricky little balance that it we're is. kind of living right now.
1: Yeah, and yeah. you know I love that you wrote this book and that you're just, like, Mm -hmm. giving hope and encouragement for, um, you know, parents with special needs kids. And what I love is you talk about, like, it's not to tell you what to do better. It's to say, like, you're already doing it and God has already – helped you and is providing for you and i'm like yes please (laughs) because you know there's like oh you should do this better and you should do that better and um you know we have my kids special needs are um you know there's a lot of learning disabilities so there's a lot of therapists there's been ot therapy there's been one of our daughters has an autoimmune disease so she's had to have lots of transfusion and doctor's visits and stuff and with three biological kids that had none of this it is like this whole new world and um you you also talk about like feeling like you could always be doing more like i need to do this therapy or that or this group or that but Mm -hmm. i love that you're like god is with you and you are doing it and just to look at like what you're already doing well i think is so helpful for parents
2: well i think the thing it's it's like you look at parents of kids with special needs and you could never accuse any of them of being lazy or lackadaisical about their parenting because you don't have that choice anyway, you know, like you can't just say, here, go entertain yourself or you work on your therapies, whatever they may be. And you, you self-regulate that. We, we don't have the option of, of, ignoring what needs to be done and assuming it'll get done and so the thing that drives me crazy or drove me crazy about books for parents for one but then especially the books for parents of kids with special needs is they all felt like they were lists of things you needed to do and Mm -hmm. we don't need more lists like that's not where our brain is that's not the the wavelength that that our brain is tuned into. We're not thinking, please give me more to do. We know already, we have a running commentary of all the things we feel like we're not doing enough of.
1: Right. And
2: that's I think the biggest hurdle to overcome is flipping the perspective so that you see what you are doing so well and how God created you to be the parent of this particular child and how you have the traits already in you to be the person your child needs you to be. And you're being that even if you don't feel it in the moment. And I think none of us stop and let ourselves feel that and let God show his appreciation for us and how we were created in his image and how he's helping us take care of our kids. Like there's not a lot of appreciation because we are always thinking about the next thing. And I feel like to have hope and to have rest and peace, which is what we all need, you have to be able to see the things that you're doing well, with the help of God and and take a little bit of respite in that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's a couple other things too. You need to let things go. <laughs> other things yes. that you, like I used to think were super important, aren't super important anymore. And then also let people help you and let, um, you know, people like come into your home. I mean, oh my gosh, and, preach it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so many um, things. So just yesterday, we had um, a speech therapist at the house an occupational therapist in the house. My teenage, well, not teenage, she's 26 now, oh my goodness. So my older son, (laughs) he comes over and he will like take the kids on walks and do stuff with the ones that aren't doing therapy because I still am working. And then Mm -hmm. one of my teen daughters was on a counseling appointment for trauma therapy and i'm like in this moment oh and then i also have my grandma lives with us she's 90 and so she has a caregiver here too so you know even though we're social distancing um these kids still need therapy and my grandma yes. still needs care and my son comes over and he's like i'm gonna take the kids to the walk or i'm gonna take them to get ice cream i'm like thank you so much but it is so much of you know when I first started having like therapists come to the house and stuff like I'd make sure the house was clean and now it's like step over the shoes I haven't vacuumed you know in three days it was just like you have to get over yourself and just realize this is more than I can do on my own and there's amazing amazing people out there that can provide help Um, and it's okay like it's okay to accept that help
0: that
2: is one of the things I am so grateful to Charlie for I think I think he forces me to open myself up in my messy life mm-hmm. in a way that I would not have without him I think um, because, I mean, it is what it is. You see us, you see me struggling to get the wheelchair out of the car or if he has a meltdown in the park or yes, ditto on the messy house with like dog hair floating, drifting <laughs> in the wind. I mean, it's all these things and and I feel as though if I hadn't had a child who needed so much more than I could give, I, I would have stayed in that mentality of I can do this on my own for so, so much longer. Like I would have fought that kind of relinquishing of control um, so much harder than I did because there was literally physically, you know, when Charlie was having a seizure and the paramedics had to ask me to step out of the way because there was nothing I could do Mm -hmm. at some point, you got to learn to get out of your own way. And I think without being forced to do that it would have taken me a lot longer to learn that lesson and it is so empowering and such a relief to let all those people in to help you with your life which is how we're meant to live we're meant to live in community not in isolation and and trying to do it on our own um and i think it's it's one of our greatest strengths is knowing that we can't be the strongest person in the room all the time
1: Yeah, that that is so good. So, you know, I had the experience with three kids that I homeschooled. That you know, my I was able to keep my house clean. They were good kids. There was, I mean, we were talking yesterday because I was setting out all these meds for the kids that my kids are on, especially Mm -hmm. autoimmune. When it takes like you know thirty minutes to figure out all the meds for the week, and uh, my older son was here and we were talking. I'm like, I don't even think I took you to the doctor. Like maybe once every five years like it was just so a different thing but yeah. I was so almost like prideful like yes my house is clean the kids are great like and, and now I remember when we people felt capable yeah I felt capable yeah. like I could do this like and so when we stopped, started adopting kids I'm like hey, I've been a mom for all these years like <laughs> we could, and then I'm like I got this What in the world <laughs> like what do you mean appointments and this and that and I, you know one child has was doing occupational therapy speech therapy we go to the eye doctor he's like yeah his eyes aren't tracking. And then they check his sister and they're like, her eyes aren't tracking. I'm like, what? They are like, she needs, they need vision therapy. I'm like, no, we're already doing like three other therapies and, you know, and and then, you know, the speech therapist is like, well, the, the youngest three are dyslexic. I'm like, what? Like, no, like we can only do one of these things at a time. Like we cannot do all of this. And so it's like totally made me depend on God, depend on other people. And just humbled me. Like I'm sitting in my room right now. There's piles of stuff. Like I'm okay though. Like like our life is good. My kids are, you know, healthy at this moment. Where we have amazing people to help us. And you just have to like discover this new normal where you can't Mm -hmm. be perfect you just need to depend Mm -hmm. on god and trust him and um and it's a good place to be like now you know friends will like hey i'm gonna stop by and i'm like okay it's messy fine like i don't even care anymore which before it would have completely freaked me out if someone was coming and my house wasn't like clean and perfect and everything so you have to totally just get over yourself (laughs)
2: And I so feel you on that desire to please just hand me one diagnosis, one thing to work on at one time. Yeah. Because it's almost like you stop being able to process it all, like the overload of things that you have to work on and that Mm -hmm. they have to work on, um... I oh my gosh I so feel you with that. Also vision therapy yes we did eye patches for years um, to try to like strengthen vision. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the things we did, and it's it's this idea that it's this idea that if you can get one thing under control, then you're starting to line up the dominoes in the right way you know, that's going to lead to a pattern that's going to lead to this beautiful like thing that is success at the end. Yeah, And I think God does that. I, I think that's why life is so messy. Like our own personal lives, irregardless of what we're dealing with as parents, just in general, I think the reason you can't graph your life and it looks like a trajectory that's always pointing up is because he doesn't want us to feel like life is about that. You yeah, know what I mean? Like exactly. that life is about creating something that is a perfect picture. It is so much more about letting those people in that want to drop by um, and having a genuine conversation instead of working towards this ideal that's not meant to be here. It's meant to be in heaven. That's that's why heaven is so great because it's so not what we have here. And, mm-hmm. and I think It's a really good reminder of that.
1: Yeah. And I think like our goal as parents is to make our lives comfortable and our kids' lives comfortable (laughs) and everything Mm -hmm. go well and have them not struggle. And when it's not that, it's like, okay, yeah, we're struggling, but God is still good. Like my kids have learned and even our biological kids all of a sudden we adopt like seven more kids into our family (laughs) like they've grown and they've changed and they see things differently and um you know now my kids are like well when i adopt kids someday it's like you know you just see that we have a different heart and family means something different and just like it's special the kids i think god has a good plan for them because of what they're experiencing too that yes, it's hard, but their hearts are tender to those that mm-hmm. have different needs. And they're, um, you know, it's, it's just like, it's not like if we raise kids in a complete comfort zone um, without problems, like they don't grow in God in the ways that they should either. And so, you know, as God's working on us, he's also working on our kids as a family, as we overcome and learn to support each other in ways that, you know, maybe other families don't have to.
2: Yeah. And I think I think, too, like, as our kids, as we let our kids see us struggle, Mm -hmm. I think that's really important because, like, I can't count how many times I've had to stop and apologize to my kids for various things. Yeah. And I think I think that's so important to be able to show your kids your weaknesses and Mm -hmm. show your kids that you're learning, too, because if they grow up thinking one we have it all together or two even if you don't have it all together you power through and pretend like you do i think those are those are like lessons that you don't even know you're you're imparting on them and so every time I have to stop and apologize in my head I'm thinking this is good this is good for me and this is even better for them <laughs> yeah. and it's going to be okay you know and it's it's just the, the lessons you learn at the same time that you're you're also trying to teach things to your kids is is funny and you know every, anyone who accuses God of not having a sense of humor like <laughs> Yeah. Oh, needs to look around for sure at life.
1: Yeah. I love that so much. And uh, another thing that you talk about, and I can't remember, like I was watching videos. I was reading your books. So I can't remember if it's in the book. Right? <laughs> but you talk about like when other kids want to ask questions like at a playground or something, like why is he in a wheelchair or, you know, whatever. And then the parents like, oh, come on. And you're like, no, I want to, you know, we could talk about this. It's okay to talk about that. And I know like with our kids, we've adopted um seven and so sometimes I'll say something about my adopted kids and like you shouldn't say that I'm like oh no they totally love, love like sharing how they were adopted because some of them were adopted as teenagers and so mm-hmm. they don't feel like they'll like they're you know they'll be in the church nursery or something with someone and they're like oh we heard all about your adoption so like they like talking about it it's not like I feel like feel like they're any less my kids but I think sometimes people are scared of conversations whether it's adoption or special needs or um and really we're like no it's okay to talk about it so I would just love to share for you to share a little about that
2: this is really funny because this happened yesterday (laughs) so I'll I'll share so we were, um, I've been taking Charlie on a lot of walks because what else is there to do? Yeah. Um, and it gets us outside and he has a big jogging stroller that is going to fit him until he's probably 20 or older. Like it's amazing. I love it so much. Um, and so we'll go on lots of walks and, and, um, he just chills and has a snack and gets to be outside in the air and it's fun. And we talk about rain and things we see. And because I walk in the neighborhood and like I said, he goes to the public school there was a girl outside with her dad and I guess her younger sister, and we we are approaching and she goes hi Charlie, so she knows him and I'm assuming she knows him from school and you know I I stop the stroller and I say Charlie can you say hi you know and he'll wave and it's it was this really sweet interaction I'm like oh and in my head I'm thinking I'm glad he got to see his friend you know I'm glad we stopped and the dad's kind of like leaning against the car smiling and then she goes what happened to him and mm. um and sh- the and then she also followed it up with like how did he get hurt oh yeah and at first i i i, I because she, i knew she knew him from school so like does she not know so i said what do you mean and she goes why is he in there and i said oh okay so in my head i'm thinking we're going to have this conversation and i and the one thing i say i say this in the book is when adults are so afraid to be rude. They're just afraid to be rude. Mm -hmm. Politeness is the ultimate goal. And so a lot of times if kids if their kids come up to Charlie and ask these questions, they'll kind of smile and just pull the kids away before we even can interact. And that is excruciating for me because it means Charlie doesn't have a chance to be seen and understood. It kind of ends a conversation when really we want to be included. Right. So I was grateful because this guy was just kind of smiling and gave me space. Like he didn't try to end the conversation. He gave me space to talk. And so, you know, I said, you know, Charlie was born this way. So this is always how he's been. This is how God made his body. And, you know, he, that's why he uses his wheelchair at school. And, you know, this is just how we roll. And she, you know, kids to their credit, she's like, Oh, okay. Bye, Charlie. And yeah. then she starts to go, Do yeah. you want me to draw you a picture? Cause they had sidewalk chalk. And they're like, Do you want me to draw you a picture? And she's just on to the next thing. And it's just part of her world now. And she just normalized his experience in a way that I like I would I just left smiling. Yeah. And the dad smiled and he's like, Have a good walk. And I said, Thank you. And it was what I would have wanted for that encounter because mm. she asked the question, There's no uncomfortable feelings. Charlie gets to be better understood, and we all leave feeling better. And you could see that from the outside as like, oh, that was a rude question. She shouldn't have asked that. But what does that mean? If you don't open up the dialogue, then there's no dialogue. And nobody but wants to be in their own bubble that they feel like they can't. Access the rest of the world because the rest Of the world kind of doesn't see them Mm I mean that's not fair and so I I just I always encourage people Please just ask open up a Dialogue and have a conversation because It's better than pretending like Situations and people and Conditions don't exist
1: right and 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 kids are Usually, not being rude. They're just curious, right? Right. <laughs> it's not like you're they're teaching like, oh, there's them a problem. that it's rude. Yeah. You're
2: teaching them that it's rude if you act like it. That's an uncomfortable thing to do or say.
1: Yeah. So I love that. I love – and I think that's going to be really helpful for a listener student like, oh, it's okay. Like it's okay for us to walk up and have the conversation and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you the other – you know, you could leave the parent to whether they want to continue that conversation or in the conversation. But just right. know that it's okay to start the conversation. Exactly. Yeah, I love that, and so I just, I just love, um, you know, just making us aware of, you know, things that are okay, and like people want to be included, they want to be seen, they want to be, um, you know, appreciated, and I just love that so much. And so I would just love to hear too, how has, you know, connecting with the community um, just helped you, you know, as you parent? Oh, I just so.
2: Charlie attended a special needs preschool, an inclusive preschool. And before he did that, my world of kind of the special needs spectrum of help was, you know, he had the trach. And so we didn't leave the house much. Mm-hmm. And it was like some people come in, then they come out. and But our life was still our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really wasn't until he started that, to attend that preschool that I met other parents who had children with differences and really saw all the ways that God has created families and children and how he is orchestrating their lives. Mm. And I really think seeing the diversity of families has blessed me so much. And to be able to cry in the parking lot with a fellow mom or, trade um gate trainers because mine will work for yours better than the one they have and vice versa and let's just do this and we like cackle because like we got away with something and insurance wasn't involved you know like just little things that have blessed me so much and made me not feel so isolated because I think that's the hardest and scariest thing of of parenting motherhood especially um but then with kids with special needs even more so you you can very easily fall into this this is entirely my experience and i'm in kind of this black hole of my life and and when things get hard you don't have a way to kind of crawl out of it you don't have people to bring you out of it and Mm -hmm. so being able to see other families and then connect with them um has been such a blessing for me because it's kept me open and it's kept me aware of the big wide world of other people like us. Um, and I think that is why I don't think I would have written this book if I didn't have that perspective because I knew, I knew there were other people out there who. Felt alone and disheartened Uh by their parenting and felt like no one could understand. And I just want to like climb up on the roof and shout. That would be appropriate for while we're all kind of home alone. I could just climb up on the roof and shout, you know, you are not alone. I understand what you're feeling and I am here and I want you to know I'm here and I want you to know that your experience and mine may not look exactly the same, but our hearts are traveling that same path.
1: Yeah. And I would even say, like, even as I was reading the book, um, I'm like, oh, I can totally relate to this. Like, our experiences are completely different. <laughs> like, you know, a lot of my kids are occupational needs and emotional needs. And so really, it has been complete, like, our experiences are completely different but our hearts are the same like mm-hmm. our our desire to turn to god is the same and so that has been like a huge blessing and so i, I love this book i think this would be a perfect book to you know buy for someone and i think so many times we don't know what to do and that's what my my next question i want to ask like what can you do maybe you don't have a, a special needs child but what you can what can you do and i think well, number one get eat sleep and save the world <laughs> this would be a great thing to pass on but what other things can people 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 do when they just want to show someone that they love them and they they care and want to be a support?
2: I think, again, this goes back to that politeness factor. Mm -hmm. I think people are afraid to lean in because they don't want to seem either pushy or they don't want to imply, they don't want to feel like they're implying that somebody needs help. Right. You know, um, And I think that the best way to connect is to, this sounds silly, but the best way to connect is to check in with your people. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is kind of get over that initial hurdle of, oh, I don't want to bother them. Um. And really ask the question, how are you doing? Are you okay? What can I do for you? And then stop long enough to listen. Because I think people ask that a lot, but then they don't expect a genuine answer. And if and if you ask the question not expecting a genuine answer, you're probably not going to get one. Right. Um, because people can sense that. And so I would say ask with intention. And then listen.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: and for me, like you said before it it takes it takes something on the part of of the parent of the child with special needs to to be able to open up about those things um The other thing I would say, and this kind of goes against common like perception too, but don't be afraid to share your own struggles with that person with mm-hmm. that family and that that parent because the the biggest thing I hear is but i don't my, i know this doesn't compare to what you're going through but this is what's going on and i think no it does compare it may not be the same situation you may have all typically neurotypical kids and everything is is you know on track with that but we all like you said before we all are traveling our own emotional roads mm-hmm. and it's not a competition of whose life is harder or who's going through the harder situation it's about sharing the reality of our lives so that then someone else can share their reality with us. Mm. So I think that is such a big deal for me is when a friend is willing to open up about what's going on with them because then it makes me comfortable opening up with what's going on with me. If it's just a one way here, let me help you. Right? Well, no, Nobody wants to feel like they're always the one that needs to be helped. They want, I, I want the opportunity to help as well. And so I think having that relationship that is a reciprocal one is really important.
1: Yeah, that's really good. And I, I never thought about that before. But the people that I feel like I can open up to, they may be talking about work struggles or this is going on or, you know, and it's, it's mm-hmm. not even the same. Like some of my friends have, their kids are gone and out of the house, but because they're sharing kind of what's going on and not in like a grumbling, this is a horrible life sort of way, but just, you know, really just sharing from their heart. I am able to like oh, okay this is what's going on and can you pray about this or you know it's just it does when we're able to be vulnerable with wherever we're at it does let people be that back to us. Mhm. Oh, so good. Um okay, so talk about really quickly um what you covered in the book cuz you know determination, hope, resilience patience, laughter, and thankfulness. So like, why did you choose those things? And what do you want readers to walk away with when they close the book?
2: So that's a good question. So I picked basically six traits that I feel like one, parents of kids with special needs just have an abundance. Mm-hmm. And two, these are the biggest ones that they don't recognize in themselves. Um, so yeah, so determination, hope, resilience, patience, laughter, and thankfulness. And I I wanted to within those sections, I share stories of my own life, um, and also um, biblical stories where I see where I I see God working um, in the lives of others because. I want to show how it played out for me Mm -hmm. and then hopefully whoever is reading can recognize that in their own life because books are mirrors. That's kind of like we see them as mirrors and windows to like to reflect back on us so that we can recognize ourselves in someone else's story and then windows so that we can see out into the world with a different perspective. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted this book to be. I wanted someone who's reading it to maybe recognize something that they never recognize in themselves and then to step even further back and say, oh, this is how God has designed this world and me in it. And this is how I can walk through with maybe a lighter step.
1: Mm, that's so good. And I, you know, I love your – like even though it's like sharing your story, there's so much of us being able to reflect are stories in it um and then you open it up to that and you talk about the biblical stories and um you know everything that's involved it's like okay i am not alone (laughs) i'm not the only ones but look at yeah i am patient i'm learning to be patient i have Mm -hmm. to be determined i have to be an advocate advocate for my kids and it's like okay it's almost like um like you're able to release a breath like i'm understood Mm -hmm. and this is good so that's that's encouragement i got
2: that's a great way to put it like releasing
1: a breath absolutely that you didn't even know you were holding (laughs) right exactly oh i just i love that so um and then what do you hope like when they close the book like what do you hope they just walk away with for their own lives and maybe their own day? Cause sometimes we can't even look like for my whole life, but what can they walk away with for the day that they're currently in? I hope they walk
2: away knowing that they are loved ultimately, mm-hmm. um, that they are a child that is taken care of just as they're taking care of their own child.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that that empowers them to be a parent to parents in trust, because parenting looks a lot different when you're trusting that God has it under control um, and when you're not. Mm -hmm. And so I really hope that it can help those who read it become better parents, not that it necessarily changes anything about their parenting, but it changes their attitude about themselves. Yeah. And how God has created them as parents. That's my
1: hope. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, so where can um, people go to find out more information about you and then also eat, sleep, and save the world?
2: So the book is everywhere books are sold. So your independent bookstore, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you go to buy books, it's there. Um, But also you can find out more about me, um, read some of the articles I've written as well on my website, which is Jamie, J-A-M-I-E hyphen Sumner, S-U-M-N-E-R dot com. And you can email me there, too, if you just want to connect and ask questions or share your own story. I, I love it when I when I get to hear other people's stories, too. So,
1: yeah, well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. And um, just thank you for bringing encouragement to so many. It was so Good to talk with Jamie today and just to hear her heart and be encouraged by her. I love um, on the back cover of Eat, Sleep, and Save the World. This is what it says An encouraging and empowering read. Eat, Sleep, Save the World reminds every parent of a child with special needs that they are in fact superheroes. And I think that's just the encouragement that we all need Um, for someone to say, you are doing amazing. You are doing a great job. And so many times we feel discouraged and we feel like we aren't doing enough. We aren't giving enough. And if we can just do a little bit more, that it would help our kids more. But I love that releasing of the breath and saying, no, God has called me to this. I am doing a good job and he is with me all the way. So the walking out verse for today is John 14, 27. And this is in the New Living Translation version. And it says, I am living you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And this is about Jesus talking about he's given us the advocate, the Holy Spirit to be with us and to give us peace. And I think when we are afraid, and when we are worried, um, peace seems so hard to grasp. And when we have kids, especially like we are such an advocate for our kids, we love our kids, we want the best for our kids. And there's some things we can't fix. There's some things we can't be- make better. There's some needs we- that will never be um, fully taken care of. And here before heaven, our kids will not be fully healed, but. I am so thankful that we have God and we could turn to Him and that we can have peace of mind and heart and we could see Him in the little ways um, throughout the day as we care for our children and that makes such a huge difference. So even when we can't maybe change our children's diagnosis or their circumstances that we can have peace and when the mamas and the daddies and the caregivers have peace, that makes such a huge difference Um, in our kids' lives too. They can sense that. They can sense when we're at peace and when we're leaning on God and when we're depending on God. So again, um, John 14, 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid so let me pray for you today lord i am so thankful for every listener and i just pray especially for those listeners or maybe friends of listeners or family members of listeners who have children with special needs and we want to do everything to care for and provide for and make things better for our children and sometimes we can't Fix things. Sometimes medical conditions and needs aren't things that we can um, fix and that doctors can't fix. But Lord, I thank you that we learn so much as we care for our children. We learn to depend on you more. We learn to trust in you more. We learn to have peace even in the middle of hard circumstances. Lord, I thank you for Jamie. I thank you for her voice to the world that reminds us that you are doing great, that you are doing enough. And when those lists seem a mile long and our worries seem even longer, that we can just remember that we are doing well. And I'm so thankful for her voice saying that. I pray for Jamie and her husband and for Charlie and their other children um, that you will just bless them as they pour out to other people, Lord. I thank you for the gift that she has given to so many through this book. I pray that you'll bless their family and bless um, all the steps that you have for her, Lord. And I pray for each one today that they may be encouraged if they know a family that has a child with special needs, just to start a conversation, to reach out, to become vulnerable themselves so that they can, um, their friend or family member can feel that they can turn to them too, Lord. And just be with us today. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friend, I am so thankful for all of you. I am so thankful for the new listeners. So if you are listening for the very first time, welcome. If you have listened to many, many podcasts, I am so thankful for your faithfulness. I really appreciate it. I love that you trust me enough to give me your time that I can have these conversations and you can be a part of them too. Um, always you can go to walkitoutpodcast.com to look at all the podcasts. There are so many great ones and I'm so blessed to be able to have all these conversations and then also share a little bit of our lives as I'm having these conversations with friends. If you know someone who just really needs to be encouraged, send them over to walkitoutpodcast.com or you can tell them to look it up. Look for Trisha Goyer. Um, on iTunes or their favorite podcast app, and I pray that they might be encouraged to. If you subscribe, then you will get notified um, when my new podcasts come out. Also, if you go to trishagoyer.com, Right there on the homepage. If you scroll down just a little bit, you can see my newsletter. If you sign up for that, every week I share who I interviewed. I share kind of some behind the scenes. I connect maybe some other blogs or articles or podcasts that also are on the same subject. It's all in my newsletter. I'm always trying to give someone away for free, so a free printable, a free recipe. Um, So many good things. And once a week, you will get that in your inbox. And I love getting encouragement back. Um, People will just respond to that and say, thank you so much. This is exactly what I needed today. So if you need encouragement in the middle of your week, if you need to be reminded of the podcast or be kind of behind the scenes and other information on the topic, be sure to go to com, scroll down and subscribe to my newsletter that goes out weekly. Well, friend, I am so thankful for you. And I just pray a special blessing over you this week.
0: Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world.
1: We love new friends. See you next time.